0: welcome back this is ladies with gumption episode 155 Batgirl girl magic season two in review we are the ladies with gumption and we recap dctv in a flash my name is jessica and i'm here with may
1: and tatiana
0: and we have a special guest today we have stephanie say hi steph hey hello
1: hello
0: um, before we get to introducing you to our guests, we're just gonna go through um, our socials like we do all the time. If you would like to participate in our podcast, send us your feedback on episodes for the shows. You can find us on Twitter at DCTVGumption. You can send us an email, ladiesbygumption at gmail.com or you can send us asks on Tumblr, ladiesbygumption at tumblr.com. Um, as always, you can find us anywhere usually. You can hear us listen to podcasts on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon, everywhere, Uh, and also on Patreon. Um, If you like what you're hearing for free, (laughs) (laughs) if you pay a little bit more, then you can get to hear our thoughts on um, a wider variety of subjects, including like Marvel Universe. Um, Most recently we did Loki and Black Widow, any of the WB movies. We did um, King Kong vs. Godzilla, um, Justice League. Eventually we'll do the Suicide Squad um, Netflix shows. So we have like a wider variety on there. So if you'd like to support, you can find us at, um, www.patreon.com slash dumption So, um, as I mentioned, we have a special guest and her name is Stephanie Williams. Would you like to give us a a little bit of your bio stuff?
2: Sure. Um, wow. All right. So (laughs) I, um, Stephanie Williams, I, Wear a couple hats. Um, right now, I am Stephanie Williams, the comic writer.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, I'll be writing, co writing, maybe in the Amazons. But prior to that, um, and I still do this to this day, um, pop culture, journalist, um, I guess if that's what you want to call it. But um, I did a lot of writing for sci fi fangirls, um, What to Watch, Nerdist, uh, Games Radar. And a few other places, Marvel, um, just mainly talking about comics, but also getting into some other um, pop culture things. So that is what I do. Oh, and I meme a lot on the <laughs> internet. Um, <laughs> that is my, my true calling. Uh, my true passion is iMovie edits. Uh, but that's uh, kind of what I do. I um, had a Kickstarter for a fan comic that um, I put together and worked with artist name. Um, Aaron O'Neill-Jones and mm-hmm. uh, Christina Pong, and it was Living Heroes, which was really happy to kind of get to do that because it's opened many doors. And yeah, if you like funny stuff, uh, check me out. And with Nubia coming out, if you like serious stuff, also check me out because apparently um, I have a little bit of rage.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what got you into comics in, in the beginning? Like, What was your kind of gateway into the, the comic sphere growing up?
2: Um so it was uh the laundry because there uh were two video game like arcade video games there it was T- uh, I think it was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Turtles in Time and then um Marvel vs Capcom Oh uh, cool a-
0: Street Fighter yeah
2: <laughs> and it was something that I I don't like, that's when I got introduced with the X-Men and Storm, and then from Mm -hmm. there the cartoon, um, X-Men, the original animated series, and then finally comics, because my grandmother loved going to the thrift store, and used to be able to find comics there. So I would Mm -hmm. find some old comics there, pick them up, read them, and then I fell into Archie ruled my life for a very long time, (laughs) (laughs) and then I got back to, like, DC Marvel Comics and all of that, but... And then, like, superhero comics and just comics in general have always been something that's been a part of my life because I have, I'm a bookworm in the worst way, or in the best ways. Because um, if I'm not way. reading comics, It's always then, the best way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's the best <laughs> <way>. <laughs> <laughs> um, But next to that, I would say uh, romance novels are uh, my second love because my mm-hmm. book library is, like, 98% that. So if I'm not reading comics, then I'm probably reading someone's romance novel. <laughs> And there's a lot of
0: romance in comics, too, even though, like, people don't like to admit it. Like, there really is. Yeah, that's world. true. That's
1: true. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Do you have any, like, favorite heroes or, like, what's your kind of, you know, in the whole, like, Marvel versus DC or you don't have favorites or?
2: You know, I actually don't necessarily have favorites. Um, I don't know how I didn't fall into the, you know, one is better than the other. Mm-hmm. Um I just like good stories in general and yeah. you can find them you know there also indie comics so really I'm somebody if it's a good story even if it's a bad story mm-hmm. um I'm just interested and fascinated I read a lot of silver golden age and bronze age stuff which I don't know like as a queer black woman is like why the hell would you read that because <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> the diversity
2: really it really isn't there but um I don't know, like, I just look at comics like I do any form of media where, like, they're, you know, they, they're they a sign of the times. And I just find it very fascinating to look at history through the lens of comics. Um, that's just something that's always been fascinating to me uh before I became a writer um I was a research scientist I um oh wow was like really yeah like really big stem so it's very eclectic
3: in your career
2: (laughs) (laughs) so like it's been fun to kind of take um the same things that I've learned as a researcher and apply it um to comics which I guess I've always been doing I just didn't realize it until now um, that yeah these two things are very much related the way that you're thinking about yeah. it um, and researching it.
0: I guess it's also helpful too you because you know like in comics they do a lot of like magic science stuff and you have to like pull uh-huh. things from different areas
2: so I definitely think it probably comes in handy. So far, no, it has not. But I'm oh. waiting for the day. I am waiting for the day that I can, like, flex that science muscle and be like, oh, yeah. So, like, this doodad, because um, that's what I would call it, um, <laughs> <laughs> can make it do this. I think I referred to aliens as gleeclops on <laughs> someone's podcast. So, you know, very professional over here.
0: Well, speaking of, like, your writing, like, what you're working on now, I know you said that you're um, most recently you were co-writing on Nubia and Amazon's.
1: Which um, and I am so ready for.
0: Yes. <laughs> what was uh, um how did you how did you get into that opportunity? It seems like a like a really big deal and we're so excited for it. You want to talk a little bit about
2: that? Sure. Um, because I'm still trying to figure it out myself. Um <laughs> and, like I don't mean that in a way to kind of discredit my writing, but no, just being very frank about it. Um, I haven't been writing comics professionally in this level for a very long time. I had the short story in um Marble Voice's legacy. And then, you know, the short story that just came out in Wonder Woman Black and Gold. And I didn't know that the day that I talked the ear off of the um Wonder Woman um office editor Brittany that that would lead to uh Nubia and the Amazons. Uh Vita Ayala was actually the person who reached out to me about Nubia, but I didn't put mm-hmm. two or two together. Um I just didn't put two and two together. I was like, yeah, sure. I would like to write a you know, short story in this anthology. And I'm like, yeah, that's a great way to get my foot in the door at DC. And it wasn't until we talked maybe, I don't know, like three weeks later, I'm thinking they wanted to go over my little eight page story. And <laughs> for like an hour, we were both talking about two very different things. And then after a <laughs> while, like, Vita's like, um... That's great. That's cool. But like, you know, new and Amazon. I'm like, what do you like? Why? Why would we talk about that? Because, and they were like, because you're writing it. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it never dawned on me that um, I don't know. Like, it just didn't dawn on me because I'm like, uh, this is just a really huge project. Um, mm-hmm. has never had a solo, anything. Mm-hmm. Um, rarely appeared in the comics. So like, it's a it's a huge thing. And also, you know, following, um, in the footsteps of what LL L. McKinney was able to establish with Nubia mm-hmm. earlier in a year and future state. And also what Nubia real one, like that, that's, that's a big act to follow. So, um, I'm really excited cause I, I love Nubia or her lack of <laughs> her lack of history. Cause you really didn't have one. So it's actually been, um, quite the experience to, um, you know, give her, um the history that she's always deserved and right. um to to bring her out, like out of diana's shadow mm-hmm. um and it, it's not like she's there because she wants to be there but like mm-hmm. she just hasn't been in comics so that's what it is when you hear newbie you think oh yeah um the black wonder woman or right um diana's sister um but newbie is way more um than that not that that's not important but um I don't know, like, it's time for Nubia to be Nubia. You hear mm-hmm. her name, that's who you think of. So mm-hmm. I'm praying and hoping. And then we've been able to accomplish that with Nubia and Amazons. And I honestly feel like we have.
0: I'm really excited for it, and I'm excited for you. I feel like, um, you know, it's, for one thing, it's really great to have, like, a Black woman writing a Black woman's story um, and getting, having Nubia, like you said, like, have that shine, have that moment in the spotlight, finally in comics and then I was also like um seeing on a line I, I see it through Suara because uh he, he he is on top <laughs> of all of like the the new writers and it, it feels that's like there's true. a lot more like women of color that are actually getting to write women of color. I think I saw um I think her name is Priti Cheever is writing yes. uh, a Zatana story and then I can't remember um the the young lady that's writing Talia Al out story for
1: um oh yes
0: yeah, yeah, um, but yeah. it's just like I'll I'll find her name at some point. But yeah, I like that we're getting more like women of color. I wonder if is that you know if that's like an active decision that DC's trying to do, trying to get like more diverse like writers in the writers' room to write these stories or is it just kind of like organically happening?
2: Um, I feel like it's it's both. I feel like it's organically happening and just like an active uh they're actively trying to do this. Uh, Because unfortunately, there were a lot of layoffs at DC, but um, the good thing that I'm seeing that's coming out of it is um, their willingness to take chances on authors who, or writers, I should say, who aren't necessarily proven. Because, you know, usually if it's a person of color writing a comic, anything, um, sometimes it's somebody who's already an um, established author, which Mm -hmm. from a business standpoint, like I totally get that and understand So that's why when I found out that I was actually writing newbie, I was surprised, I am like, I, haven't, I don't have any NY, I don't have any New York Times bestsellers or any of that. So I'm happy that that's happening, um, cause it's needed. And not saying that people of color only have to write other people of color, that doesn't have to be the case. However, um, I feel like it helps, because it mm-hmm. sure enough helped in Batwoman uh, Season 2. Yes, yes, that is a
0: great segue into the body of our episode
1: <laughs> where we're going
0: to discuss Batwoman Season 2. Um, Tati's going to be our host. She's going to take us through the casting that led us to GBC being cast as Ryan Wilder. Um, and then, usually in our format, we talk about we do like the Marie Kondo approach, so <laughs> we look at the whole season, talk about what sparked joy, what we liked, what we want to keep growing um, in the show, what did not spark joy, what we would like to throw out,
2: <laughs> and, start with
0: and then at the end, we'll crown like a lady with gumption of the season. So Tati,
1: take it away. Although I feel like that's a foregone conclusion, but it's all right. We will see. We will see who wins at the end. We'll pretend. Um, (laughs) We'll pretend we don't know. So after a season of Batwoman riddled with setbacks from audience backlash over the show's mere existence, that is um, putting a woman in front instead of Batman, I guess, to backlash over casting Ruby Rose for various reasons she was not enough blank of to her actually suffering um, a nearly paralyzing accident on the set, to a stuntwoman actually dying, to the pandemic shutting down production before the last two episodes could be filmed. Ruby Rose capped that off by stepping down from the role of Batwoman in an unpleasantly surprising announcement at the end of the season. But the series was committed to finding another member of the LGBT community to portray a Batwoman. And so instead of recasting Um, Ruby, and then making a new K Kane, they decided to search for a new character entirely, one that they would write from scratch themselves, and they wanted a Black actress to play the role of Ryan Wilder. When Gavicia Leslie's casting was announced, uh, Ruby Rose responded very positively, so obviously she still wanted people to feel happy about the show and to look forward to the new actress. She said, OMG, this is amazing. I'm so glad that woman will be played by an amazing Black woman. I want to congratulate Javicia Leslie on taking over the Bat Cape. You are walking into an amazing cast and crew. I can't wait to watch season two. You are going to be amazing. And Javicia herself was also incredibly gracious and grateful making her own post. Um, I'm extremely proud to be the first black actress to play the iconic role of Batwoman on television. And as a bisexual woman, I'm honored to join this groundbreaking show, which has been such a trailblazer for the LGBTQ plus community. On the other hand, there was some concern among the fandom, or at least among ourselves, because we don't actually venture that much into the fandom, because the casting <laughs> description explained that uh, Ryan was a drug runner or an ex-convict, um, etc. Talked a lot about her difficult past, um, and so we were like, I uh, hope they're not going to lean into that stereotype. But then, when the season started, it was clear that her backstory made a lot more sense, and was more nuanced, and was actual comment on the stereotype and comment on the perception Of black superheroes or black women than actually being the stereotype which was good um from there the writers crafted a season that introduced and embedded ryan into the world of that woman while answering the question whatever happened to kate kane which is the title of the first episode does anyone have thoughts on the background before we go into the season recap
0: well i mean like does what like what were your first impressions of The whole from the bombshell that Ruby Rose was like, I'm not going to move forward to the casting of like Javicia being cast in the role as Ryan Wilder.
1: Me or Stephanie? I feel like Stephanie should speak first because we have actually done this in real time. (laughs) 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 Uh,
2: You know, so when I initially heard the news, I was like oh, okay, that is a hell of a development. Um, one, because Ruby had had that accident, I was like, I just hope that she's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and this wasn't a thing of, you know, her stepping down because either the fandom was being super trash and having to deal with that or um, or, or whatever. So I was like, okay, so what are they going to do moving forward? Like, are they going to recast um, Under the Kate Kane? And then when they announced that there was going to be a Black woman, um, to take over the role. I was like, okay, that is all well and fine, but how would this tr- this character be treated? Like, will mm-hmm. it be a thing where it's just a black woman in the bat uh, Bat Woman suit, but we keep the story and the way the characters interact with her the same as if they would Kate Kane? Because that's not mm-hmm. going to work. Because that just wouldn't make any sense. So I was, um I don't know, like I was interested, but also kind of hesitant because I mean, no shades to the CW, but sometimes. Right yeah it doesn't doesn't work out um yeah (laughs) but uh i will say that yeah pleasantly surprised
3: may did you have thoughts before i say my thoughts no, I mean I, I agree. I was also pleasantly surprised in how it turned out. I was really shocked when Ruby Rose stepped down. Like it was, I mean, we were in the midst of lockdown and everything, so everything was sort of shocking at the time. And this was extra shocking because, you know, <laughs> across the CW and the the Arrowverse at large, none none of the leads have ever done something like this where they had a role, it was clearly established, you were there for a season, and then suddenly you're gone. So it was really interesting i think for the first like after the shock sort of wore off to see what would happen and then there was a lot of speculation about because we got the character description for ryan ryan wilder before they actually cast jevisia so it was really interesting to see like what people were talking about and then when they cast her i felt like we were starting we were heading in the right direction um and i think because you know maybe because of season one like how it started off a little bit rocky and especially with the showrunner being a white woman, like how this would kind of and seamlessly the flow into season the specific white two. woman that
0: she was. Yeah, because she has one. history from Vampire Diaries.
3: Yeah, so it was like a little bit, hmm, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to go. But I think, you know, having seen the season now, uh, it worked out really well. So, you know, it, and it's really hard, too, to, for even Javicia coming in as a new person on a set that's already been established with the cast and crew and their dynamics and everything like that, and I think that she was able to kind of come in and give her own energy and and style and, and acting to the vibe, and I think that it elevated it actually. So it was, you know, very pleased with how it turned out.
0: I was kind of like, it was kind of like a roller coaster because you, first you're like shocked that <laughs> Ruby Rose quit, mm-hmm. and then you're like, well, are they just gonna recast her? And then they're like no we're gonna ch- cast a new character you're like how are you gonna do that you just like this whole entire season every single character is connected to kate very very intimately how are you gonna like switch flip the script script and cast a new person um so i was kind of like skeptical on what they were gonna do and then um you know then they cast javicia i was like okay well now i have to stand <laughs> because <laughs> people were already gonna like have opinions about um batwoman being cast as a black woman and you know all the the negativity that comes in fandoms and comic fandoms with black people being cast in roles that were previously um white people um so i was like I, I we need to make like space for her to be able to grow in this and like ryan have her full story and i know there's like a lot of um concern when GBC was cast. Now we know that we're going to have a Black Batwoman to the fact that, you know, going back to the character description, it's like, why is she a Black woman and a drug runner? All this kind of stuff. And so (laughs) (laughs) there's skepticism about that too. (laughs) Like, (laughs) hold on. Um, Like her parents are dead and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, you know, but the way that it it worked out in the season, um, I think a lot of the initial worry and concern from the beginning was kind of you know abated and it worked out really well and I'm really I'm really proud of this season because I think it's a stronger season than season one um and I think she did she established herself very well in the show going forward so excited for that
1: yeah definitely I think that it was like considering how much was like against the show and against her at the start of her casting um it worked out uh, beyond my wildest imaginings uh so i'm really excited to see where season three is going to go for her now that she is fully entrenched in the world and that you know there are going to be adding characters to make it really her own as we eliminate other characters <laughs> jacob that <laughs> would hinder that <laughs> that would hinder that process uh-huh. so season two uh recap it was actually a really horrible recap that i attempted to write and also copy so just we're gonna see where it goes just gonna fly by the seat of our pants <clears throat> when you. thank you when ryan <laughs> wilder first discovered kate kane's bat suit she had no idea how drastically her life was about to change given her difficult past Ryan sees the suit as her chance to finally be powerful and no longer a victim of the system or of the tough streets of the city. While Ryan goes rogue in the shadows, Gotham grapples with her missing hero, believing Batwoman has fled the city after a public standoff with Commander Jacob Kane and the Crows. But Kate Kane's disappearance hits hardest at home, where Jacob, Sophie, Luke, Mary, and even Alice each struggle with the devastating news of her plane crash that randomly happened at the start of, or middle of the episode, um, in their own way. Meanwhile, the False Face Society tightens its grip on Gotham, distributing a perilous new drug known as Snakebite. Bruce Wayne, quote unquote, finds his way home to wreak havoc and Sophia surfaces with plans for revenge, as well as a new set of villains descending on the city. It's not long before Ryan realizes how much the symbol of the suit means to Gotham launching her on a personal journey that takes her from fledgling substitute to confident cape Crusader, from living in her van with her plant, to chasing villains in the Batmobile as she grows closer with Luke and Mary. Sophie, meanwhile, stops taking the crow's crap and starts standing up to the snakebite-addled Jacob, eventually giving up the job entirely and becoming a more active member of Team Bat, especially after discovering Ryan's identity. Alice is led down a few wild goose chases about Kate still being alive, and reunites with former Flame Ocean, who was part of Sophia's crew. Together, they alternately plot escape and revenge as she slowly becomes more Beth than Alice with him once more until he is killed for the 16th time. Black Mask actually rescued Kate from the crash in order to break her, break down her mind and brainwash her into becoming his late daughter, Cersei Sionis. Alice gives her a new face, or a new old face, and not her own face, but she and Ryan temporarily team up to bring Kate back to herself eventually with even Jacob and Sophie helping out. But Kate still leaves at the end of the day after a steamy kiss with Sophie. That was like two seasons late. Luke gets shot by a crow and becomes batwing. And that's his story <laughs> for the season. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> um, Mary gets ignored by everybody, kind of makes up with her dad, then falls out with her dad, then at least gets her hospital like legalized. So yay, Mary. Ryan spends a lot of time freeing her ex Angelique from the clutches of the False Face Society and then sends her off via witness protection. Then she tries to date Amani. That does not go well. And we're gonna see where she goes next with half the fandom hoping it's Sophie and the other half hoping it is anybody but Sophie. So (laughs) stay tuned. (laughs) Uh, What sparked joy from season two?
3: Stephanie, would you like to lead us on your joyous (laughs) journey? (laughs) It's like we have manners in this house i guess
2: <laughs> <first>. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> no i can go um, so what spark joy was um the storytelling um all of it uh what i i thought what they did with uh Ryan was really smart um i feel like just the storytelling this season is something that i like because it pushes superhero, just the ideals of superhero comics and how they would work or just see stories in, I guess, you know, like a a pseudo real world um, forward, because you have this Black woman who is an ex-con, poor Black woman who's an ex-con, and you get to see how, you know, even though she's doing all this good, like she's still um, a victim of the system, or she was until she took her power back. And I love that. Um, I think episode three or four was it um Blue Eyes, Fair Skin. Oh yes. Probably- that was one of my
0: favorite ones.
2: Yes, that was my favorite episode because um it <laughs> it spoke about something that we often kind of bring up, which is you know, Batman, Superman, don't really see them save um black kids <laughs> or any of that. Mm-hmm. Um so to kind of have her there to, you know, let these kids know like I see you. Um, I adored that. Even um the episode titled Black, Batgirl Girl Magic, which I know a lot of folks on surface level took that as well, here the you know, here the writers go, just take in, <laughs> you know, uh social media speech and make it in a thing. But no, I thought that the way that the episode was done was very um just smart because it showed that even though the city of Gotham could re- refer to her as like Batgirl Magic. She still has to deal with the stuff that she does from her PO, um, who is not necessarily giving her the benefit of the doubt. I think she was giving her shit for being late by a few seconds, um, to her um parole uh, appointment. So that I just loved everything they did for this character because it felt like what it would be if a black a black woman was Batwoman instead of just. This black woman who is Batwoman but supposed to be functioning the same way Kate does. Like that very last episode where Kate says to her, um, you know, I put this suit on to give back to my city. You put it on to survive. Um, and that is very important to people who need to see hope. Like you understand what that means. Like this is yours. And I I couldn't have imagined a better pen in a season that was just phenomenal in what they were able to accomplish um, with what they were given and just the circumstances.
0: Yeah. And I think it was really, I mean, because the way that they started out the season with casting an entirely new lead and where we left off in season one didn't leave any really room for them to start fresh in season two. So they had to kind of like craft this story together where it would make sense that Brian would come into the story. And I think they actually accomplished that pretty well. Like, I, I was really, you know, I have no idea how this is supposed to work, but they actually kind of pulled it off really well. And um, for me, like like you said, like, I, I like that um, they didn't write her as a Kate Kane. Like she's she kind of came from like an opposite because behind, besides the fact that Kate Kane is a white woman and, and Batwoman, she's also coming from a rich family, mm-hmm. <laughs> And she kind of just kind of fell into the bat suit and this kind of bat legacy. Um, and Ryan doesn't have any of that, so she is just kind of a bat suit means something different for her and for us. Like watching her go through it, and the episode that you mentioned, um, where you know she has to relive a traumatic experience from her past with the the Candy Lady, um, it was so crazy to me because you know when that happened in her childhood, it was around the same time that Beth was disappeared like off the cliff. And so you had that or is that like the one moment where she thought someone was coming to save her, but they were actually looking for this little white girl mm. <laughs> that had yeah. disappeared and and raising money for that. And then that's parallel to the, to the present time where there's another black child that's been taken by the candy lady. And here you've got like Jacob hogging all the airtime asking a million dollars for his grown white daughter that disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought like just the writing in that episode alone was like really spoke to something that was um real. It doesn't really get talked about a lot in media. And I, I like the way that they um pulled in some of those stories. Um some of like this some of the statistics kind of stuff was a little bit corny. Um yeah. <laughs> and I think like both times that, that had like Ryan's first speech in the underground to um Luke and Mary, and then I think there was another one that's like a hospital scene. Um, both episodes, I'm pretty sure, were written by Caroline Drys. And, and she kind of, like, wrote them. Like, she wanted people, like, all of the the Bonnie fans and Vampire Diaries to know that she was paying attention during right. the CW. <laughs> 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 but, I mean, it was still, like, executed well by the characters. And I feel like somebody in the general audience is probably like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, so it delivered what it was supposed to deliver, even though it's a little bit kind of corny. But um, just in general, and the, ty- the types of stories that they try to tell – Um, I thought it added a lot of depth and personality to Ryan and to, like, the Bat world. Um, And then I think also just how she was able to, like, work her way up and earn trust with um, Luke. I like that Mary was her advocate from the beginning. Um, That kind of growth as a little family unit. Um, I think there's a lot of dynamics that they... made it. the writers made it harder on themselves in the beginning by establishing we're going to have a new lead but i think that they ultimately just pulled it off together and made a stronger season for it
3: yeah i completely agree with that i think speaking to the statistics part of it you know i agree that it was super corny at first but at the same time you know for the audience it's like you hear these statistics but then what i liked is that they actually showed you how difficult it was as a black woman in the society to like, she had to work twice as hard as anybody else to get, you know, to be heard or to get to do things where people were questioning her. Um, so she really, in like that episode, uh, fair skin, blue eyes, you know, she had to fight to be seen. Even no one was looking for her. So i like that. They actually showed us the story versus just like giving us the statistics and leaving it at that and not actually doing the work. And I really think that they did, do the work on um, this season in terms of like how they laid out the story. I think Ryan came out of the gate, you know, really as a strong character. She, it was really hard to establish because you already knew that there were going to be a lot of comparisons to Kate Kane, mm-hmm. but what you can appreciate about having a completely new character is that there's not going to be any comparisons to her comic book counterpart or who she's supposed to be and, and whatever. So it was really nice that they got to kind of like, they had a blank page to, Write her as they see fit for, for who she was and and who she was going to be, and the relationships that she's going to make and create. So it was really nice to see that overall. And I think that in terms of because we saw the airverse even like do different storylines with regards to Black Lives Matter or at least like police stuff and things like that. And I think that Batwoman was in a situation where they got to pull that off a lot better mm-hmm.
1: because
3: of the fact that they had a black woman as the lead and they had like generally you know a larger black cast as well and they didn't try to insert you know a white person in there just for you know shits and giggles or because they had to or something like that it was actually you know there were There were certain instances where it wasn't all that great, but I think with the crows, even they got to do that storyline much better than. Yeah, because like
0: even even
3: without the
0: whole Black Lives Matter movement, like the crows are bastards. So
2: (laughs) it's it's Like the believable thing that would happen. And just real quick. I mm-hmm. found it hilarious that, well, not even hilarious, but just mind boggling that they were able to pull off some of that stuff better than Black Lightning, which, mm-hmm. all yeah. black ass. Um, but some of the uh, thing they did was like really cringy. Um, so I don't like that, just kind of blew me away that Batwoman that was able to pull that off better than them. So mm-hmm. again. Yeah. Writer's room, uh, y'all did what y'all needed
3: to do. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. And we talked about this a uh, couple of times too, in terms of like Black Lightning putting it out there to kind of engage with the trauma of it, but not actually adding right. to the conversation. It was like trauma yes. porn.
0: they would use what? like the real people, and I'm just you think about like what if Elijah's family is watching that, or what if like Yarns's family is watching that, mm. and you know, it's just like trauma for the sake of trauma. But and there's no kind of story behind it. So yeah. I I definitely think that Batwoman did a little bit better, uh, a lot a bit better, <laughs> actually.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that what I liked a lot was how Batwoman, especially in season two, but they, they still did it in season one with different issues. Obviously not with racial issues, but in season two, they really wove it into... Um, every episode and not in a hit-you-on-the-head-over-the-hammer kind of way, right. way yeah. but just that it was part of the world so that you didn't have this very special episode today we're gonna talk about racism <laughs> even though there were episodes that clearly were like the designated racism episode it still felt believable sitting in the same world as the rest of them because they had already done like you guys said the work to show how Ryan's life was different and why it was different right and how Ryan's experiences led to her wanting to involve herself with the kinds of people or like the stra, the social stratum of people that Kate never even interacted with in season one. Right. And not because Kate was a bad person or whatever, you know, or or because the writers just hadn't thought of it then because they didn't have a black woman as the lead, but <laughs> in the world, just because that's who, that's who Ryan knows and who she sees herself in and wants to help, which I really liked. And of course you guys already pointed out the, um, blue eyes fair fair skin skin episode that was that was really good um i think that the you know luke getting shot um series episodes um was a little bit like maybe like cornier it had like more cornier aspects but it still did what you know i loved the Mm -hmm. nuance of the arguments like with sophie and um luke and ryan just in terms of like how you're gonna come at the system being broken right like mm-hmm. how do you interact yeah. with that uh respectability politics all of that was really important right. Right? and it felt you know like a believable argument that someone might have um because you know even even just because you are black or just because you are one thing doesn't mean you're going to have the same viewpoint on how you exactly. deal with that in your life so that was really nice um also i just really <laughs> i'm alone in my little rowboat uh, shipping the <laughs> ships they gave us in season two. I actually did enjoy. I enjoyed Alice and Ocean and I enjoyed Ryan and Angelique. I was all alone. No one was with me on this. I, okay. um, yeah, all I think you enjoyed Ryan and Angelique. Did <laughs> not say
3: that we didn't enjoy <laughs> 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 Alice and Ocean? That's a different story. But <laughs> Do you have any like, favorite ships, Stephanie? Um, you know, it, I was
2: taking or leave it. Um, I wasn't swayed either way I don't know like it was it was fine like I, it, if anything I'll say I didn't roll my eyes each time either <laughs> ship appeared on screen so for me like that was that was cool <laughs> and by the end before <laughs> Ocean was killed I was like you know what I get it mm. <laughs> and, and the same thing with um, Ryan and Angelique or Angelica Angelique yeah. Wow. Okay. Very friendship. Yes. <laughs> I know. <right? laughs> um, but I, I, maybe I felt more invested in their um relationship than anything. But you know, it was for again for like the CW and just superhero shit in general.
1: Like it was, they were they were real fine. Yeah. I think yeah. they did a good job of making them like formative relationships without necessarily writing towards the endgame, right? Yeah. Like all yeah. the times, you're always focused on like what is the endgame gonna be. And in these, like, both had an expiration date and they weren't really, like, shy about making you think otherwise. But (laughs) it still, like, was crucial for Ryan's backstory and, like, introduction versus Alice's development, right? And, like, how we're going to get Alice sort of, not back to square one, but back to a place where we can still use her. (laughs) Because otherwise she could have just been like, okay, I'm going to go live a normal life with Ocean. See you guys Uh, later. So, yeah. I thought that they did a good job with that. Um, And overall considering the competing interests of like we have to tie up the kate storyline with we have to make sure people are invested in the ryan storyline i think they did a really good job with like having ryan worm her way into everyone's heart and anyone whose heart she didn't is gone now (laughs) (laughs) so it works out as they should be we don't want anybody hate watching the show you know (laughs) um And yes, and and Jacob Kane would certainly, this is certainly a show he would hate watch, so that he can tweet (laughs) about it afterwards, be like, these stupid vigilantes don't understand. (laughs) Um, So anyway. (laughs) What did not spark joy?
2: You know, I'm not sure. Hmm. (laughs) And Hmm. not that I wasn't trying to be critical, I think, so, of course, some of the cornier things and a little heavy-handed stuff um, would annoy me, but I think because my expectations were just so low. I just... I I was just, like, so pleasantly surprised that I was willing to give a certain, you know, pass to some stuff that I might have been a stickler for. Um, Yeah, I'm sorry to disappoint, but... (laughs) And, like, usually... and and, It might require me to do another full rewatch of the season all the way through, but... I mean... For what they were able to pull off for what they were given, I just I don't have anything bad. I'm so sorry.
1: <laughs> How dare you. No, oh, not apologies. <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's that's pretty great actually. <laughs> I think overall, um, yeah, they
0: did like there's there's not a lot to be upset about. Um I think they they did the best that they could, like I said, with the season that themselves up to have. Um I think some of the what kind of if I had to say something that did not spark joy um maybe like some parts of the Kate plot were stretched out to extremes so you know you have like what happened to Kate Kane for eight episodes and it's like is she alive or not let's go to Coriana, and then no she's not and then we find out yes she is and then we don't see her again for another like six episodes until the very end um so you know and I feel like um, I, I feel like I didn't realize this as much in the beginning, but um, it was kind of in a lot of people' fandom. Like, it seems still more about Kate than it is about Ryan. And I, sometimes, like Ryan's story gets overshadowed or involved too much in in Kate's story and what happened to Kate and how are we gonna save Kate. Which, I mean, for me, it's understandable. Just. From the fact that we didn't have like a good clean the writers didn't have a good clean break to set up Kate's leaving, so it has to be kind of dragged out. Um and if anything, I was worried that once we got, you know, found out that Kate was alive and that they cast Wallace to play her, and there's a possibility that they could save her. Is she gonna stay? Is she gonna go? And that's probably what made me the most like anxious about, you know, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you said that you've given it to Javicia. Right. There is no take backs. (laughs) So how do we send because, you know, Caroline already said that she wasn't going to kill Kate off. So how do we keep Kate alive in the world and not insane, believing that she's Cersei, but then also not have her take back the bat. And so um, that was kind of like what I was worried about the most. And I think, you know, at times it did feel like there was a lot of more focus on Kate than than Ryan or Ryan had to. Put her feelings aside like she gave up her the only memory of her mother her plant for kate for this woman that you know she met once in a bat suit but <laughs> there are so many other people in this circle that have more connection to kate than ryan but ryan's the one that's giving that's up her, her her mom's plant you know yeah. stuff like that um and then of course all crows are bastards like jacob kane and the crow plot um You know, we (laughs) would have like moments of (laughs) Jacob did a good thing here, (laughs) but they were overshadowed by like, Jacob, I hate you (laughs) so much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just it feels like, you know, they really leaned into having the Crows be their stand in police force um, for all of their kind of like Black Lives Matter thematic kind of things. Um, never liked the crows. Crows are really bad in season one too. Um, just morally, and I feel like because someone got mad at me because they thought that I didn't like Sophie. I'm like, I, it's not. I don't <laughs> dislike Sophie. I dislike that she has to play crow representative and right. um, stand up yeah. for an organization that doesn't really stand up for her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was like. I should put that in my spark joys. It was the happiest day of my life when she quit. Ah,
2: <laughs> yes.
0: She, she doesn't have to wear the ugly suit anymore. She can be <laughs> free.
1: Yeah. Um.
0: So, yeah, that would probably be my massive, like, dislike. But I was supposed to dislike them anyway, so it's fine, I guess.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. You were supposed to.
3: Yeah. <laughs> With, yeah, for sure the crows and, and Jacob specifically. Just because he went back and forth a lot on... Like every time he got some character development about regarding his family or his personal emotions, it's like he takes 10 steps back. The next episode was very frustrating to watch. And I think that because the writers weren't really focused on him for obvious reasons, because there were so many other characters that were more important than him. But it did get frustrating because, you know, in other shows, you have like the parent figure sort of have multiple connections with different characters and it didn't always feel like he had those. Strong connections with everyone, Um, and in terms of, I think my biggest thing was also the certain dragging out of the Kate story for sure. And I think that that, I mean, in in hindsight, obviously, you know, looking back at the season, I think that they did what they had to do in terms of. There's not much they could have done about like yeah, yeah,
0: not putting Kate in there and having her be like like the cloud.
3: Right. So they had to like focus on her somewhat to write her out of the story that felt authentic to you know what they could do with it really um and that at time did overshadow ryan's story but i think that overall it was you know she had a pretty strong uh entry into the show regardless because she got to build those relationships that kate sort of had with everybody i think my main quibble with those relationships would be that You know, at times Mary and Luke were so focused on Kate that they neglected Mm -hmm. Javisi or they neglected Ryan because (laughs) more so Luke. (laughs) Yes, more so Luke. Luke was was a bad job to marry anything
1: in the first place. Yeah. (laughs) That's also true.
3: Um, which is another thing because I I was expecting more of his story with regards to his dad and that whole mystery that they Um, included in season one that they did not deliver on in season two so maybe we'll get more of that in season three Um, but yeah like those are like I mean minor things in the larger scheme of the season I think that the season just did a generally good job at laying the foundation for you know Ryan moving forward and setting up a story where all the characters are now connected to her in some way even Alice who was so focused on K before so it's hard to like really find no joy in in a lot of those things because they were also there for a reason so but i think they did an overall great job
1: i agree i i think that overall like the structure of it was really good and you know the payoff the emotional payoff for me was really good but um there were some unsatisfying loose and or tight ends like jacob as a whole was a very unsatisfying i feel like there was so many directions it could have gone there could have been much more stronger resolution, especially because he's not coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, strong resolution with like Sophie and how that ended in terms of the crows. Like it was great that he then stepped down and realized, you know, he realized she was right and then stepped down. But I would have liked more acknowledgement of how she was right <laughs> and he right. was wrong. Like a conversation between and them. How he treated her and, exactly. Yeah. And with the whole thing with his daughters, like I guess him going off to was I not remember now. Was he going to jail? He, he went to, it was the runs. National
0: City, whatever the jail is in National City is okay. where he
1: went. Yeah, and so he, like, he did speak about Alice slash Beth, so that was, like, I guess good, but, like, for all of that effort, like, all that downward spiral, because Kate was dead, and then we don't even really get a proper, like, goodbye between him and Kate before they're both gone forever, and I'm just like, okay. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Kane family, for everything that you have given me. It was nothing. Nothingness. Um, So that was, like, meh. Um Also, just in general, the Kate thing—I really feel like they could have let us know Kate was alive early on, so we right. weren't going back and forth. Like you guys said, like we're like, oh my god, okay, God, is she like, okay, she's dead. Well, I, y- y'all said she was gonna be dead, so what's up with that? Oh no, wait, she's alive. You're gonna take, you're gonna take everything from Ryan. Stop this. She's dead again. We <laughs> sad all over again. Nope, she's alive. So like, if we had just known from the start, then we could have. It doesn't really matter what they're going back and forth. On. Or even
0: like if once we knew that she was alive, if we could see. What is Because it, it really bothered right. me that we found out that she's alive and then we didn't see her for, like, four episodes. Right, <laughs> <So> exactly. Like, <laughs>
1: like, why is so it taking so long, Sionis? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, so, yeah, even just, like, a scene every couple episodes of, like, the training or, like, the brainwashing, if it's a slow process, then, like, just show us that it's a slow process, right? Or they could have had that reveal, like, mid-season and then had a couple episodes sprinkling throughout to give us real resolution for Sophie and Kate, right? Because so much time, again, that, that Sophie has spent, like, self-flagellating about how things ended up with kate and then she gets like one season of re- a great kiss it's why but... they gave us that kiss it's <laughs> like here we're making <laughs> up kiss. for the lack of <laughs> Sophie's <and> revolution <laughs> and i was like all right okay and now oh and now great so, speaking of I julia face, yes save julia. <laughs> was, again like what was the reason if they weren't
0: if like you weren't gonna bring kate back anytime soon You know, you have the argument that Julia kept this from Sophie, but then what was the reason for, you know, shipping her off to Germany to wander around forever? I don't get it.
1: Yeah, so uh, they could have brought, brought Julia. It would have been hilarious of, like, the kiss, and then Kate leaves, and then Julia pops in, like, I'm back.
0: I like, I had really something really important to say. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, all right, next direction. Um, but, yeah, aside from aside from that, um, I do think that overall it was a really strong season. And then, like we already said, Luke Luke could have gotten more to do. Uh, yeah. since I <laughs> Since I always have to bring in my ships. Where is it? Where is oh, Luke Mary box. Caroline. Where is Camelbox? You said it was coming. She always says it's coming. but it's not, <laughs> It does not look like it. I'm not getting my ship. I just remember um, that
0: one time, like when he, she was like, it was like perfect ship-worthy moment with her like falling from the rooftop, being pushed off, and and he like catches her, and instead of it being like a swoon thing, she's like a, "What are you doing here? <laughs>
3: like what? Uh, it's right. like that's
1: the wrong reaction <laughs> for my ship. I want to be serenaded, you know. I guess. <laughs> this is like a shang a shang chi spoiler for everyone but you've seen in the in the previews right aquafina is like his bestie okay mm-hmm. so like that was giving me the Hamilton fox vibes and i was oh like gosh. oh here's another one <laughs> another one so anyway <laughs> <that is all. laughs> um next on our list of things to talk about i should remember this because we always talk about the same things what um you know what are you most excited about in terms of setup for season three what do you predict might happen in season three
2: okay so i is poison ivy coming to go i hope so because it's it's either it's either
0: her or someone using her plant right power
2: i don't know so i i don't know like i'm hoping that's it i i mean i know this is real left field but like I would love to see a Catwoman appearance because oh, yes. oh yes bad cat in that way um I would be interested in I don't even know if that would be a thing but I would love to see it um but really I am interested in how Brian moves forward now that the Kate situation has been put to bed she's officially Batwoman now so what does that look like uh, the community center we mm-hmm. continue to, you know, do work there? um I love the introduction of Sophie's sister. Yeah, Jordan. Yeah, so I'm, you know, I'm kind of curious as to, like, will they continue to have, like, you know, we see these... Actually, the relationship between Ryan, um, uh, Sophie, and then also her and Jordan, just Black women being friends. Like, I want to mm-hmm. see how that looks, if they do anything with it. And also... Luke, now that he's battling, um what does that look like with uh with that woman and um uh, what is Mary's role in all this as two of them are out on the street and she's back at the Batcave. Um or you know they're I wonder um, if Sophie will take over the Batcave. Well mm. I would love all oh, right, because she's unemployed now. So <laughs> she, absolutely, <laughs> she absolutely could. Um so I'm I'm looking forward to Honestly, just everything. Because I just feel like the way they set it up, the possibilities are endless. So like, what are you all going to do with it? Because you somehow magically written yourselves out of this hole. So um, now that you've accomplished that, I feel like, you know, after you beat a video game, you get to go back and do a playthrough. Like, what does that look like now?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I keep calling Batwoman season two or season three, season two. Cause to me, like, like yeah, exactly. So yeah, I'm really excited for it, but I agree. There's a lot of possibilities. I mean, I'm really, now that they've cast um, Ryan's mom and her oh half brother, like effect. I'm really excited to see like what that relationship looks like. She knows her mom's alive now after thinking that she's been dead all this time. And like, how does this mom who's, is actually in existence right now compared to like her adoptive mom and those conflicting feelings. Oh my gosh. Yeah. All of that. So like, I'm really looking forward to kind of like the family drama of it all. Um, and because I currently crack ship Sophie and <laughs> Ryan, I would be looking forward to seeing like their continued friend, even if it's just friendship, it's fine, but just their continued relationship. Cause I think they started off on, uh, they had a rocky start at first and then they sort of, began to trust each other and they really, they had a really nice evolution um, over the course of season two. So I'm really looking forward to where that goes in season three, just in general, especially now that Sophie is not a part of the Crows and she's a free agent and looking forward to seeing like what she gets up to because I think that she really had a strong um, uh, overarching story last season. And definitely Batwing because I feel like maybe because we're getting Batwing now, we're going to get more about Luke and his, like yeah. what's going on with Luke, his family as well. So, right. all of that stuff. He gets stuff to from get from out of the bat cave. Yeah. yeah. He gets, yeah. Some fresh he gets air. to see the light. Maybe <laughs> Stephanie will come back and he'll actually go out somewhere. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I oh, think right. We, I like, like,
2: he got our her, got her number. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. And I think, like, it's it's good because I don't think, and I think Cameras has said this, that it's not just like a you know, one shot. He, he knows all the bad stuff it's gonna be like a journey for him too. So I think that will be kind of cool to see that it'll take probably you know, throughout season three for him to build up his confidence. And it'll be kind of like a cool little role reversal because now like Ryan's in like the mentor leadership seat and trying to like teach him the ropes. So I'm excited for that. And like you said, the most interesting dynamic for me will be Ryan's mom and her brother and her like figuring out who each other are because Alice is like dropped like the bait right now, but you know to get out of jail. But it's probably gonna take some time to get to like the realization and meeting them. And it, I think it'll be like interesting like from Ryan's point of view because she suffered like all her like all my life. I had to fight. Right. <laughs> she right. <has> suffered, <laughs> gone through like the foster system, and here is like the person that is her mom, mm-hmm. rich like came level rich <laughs> mm-hmm. with her half brother and um you know this could have been her life so right. it's kind of like you know what the grass is greener kind of thing like this could have been me um if not for her mom having done that and like so i'm really interested in how that dynamic will play out and how it will affect like ryan and and you know how she feels about the way that her life tra- trajectory um came out and then, like you said, with the villains, I think, because we got just, like, Poison Ivy, but there's, like, a lot of other little hats and tricks that were floating in the water um, to be picked up by some new villains um, in season three. So that'll be kind of fun to see um, more of that kind of come into play and, and who will be, like, the new big bad or whatever. I do hope Bruce comes back. Now that we have, like, a face for Bruce. Right. It was we made more- him. We need like and we got like ghost of Bruce. <laughs> 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 Luke was talking to him and he's like in yep. Limbo. Mm-hmm. So um I know he's like missing or whatever, but we could you could still do like a lot of stuff. If We're getting more Luke. there, there could also be flashbacks, we could cast Luke's dad, and get to see mm-hmm. some of that dynamic. So there's a lot of places that they could go. So that's really
3: exciting. It's so funny for Bruce to just like show back up and Goblim <laughs> after Kate <he> <laughs> and, <Luke laughs> and It's like,
1: <laughs> yeah, what's going on? <laughs> right? <laughs> You'd be like, okay, was just look. Oh, maybe I should go catch up with her. All right. <laughs> see you guys off screen. Um, I mean, I like you know agree with all of your like desires and hopes for season three. I will just add, like, I'm really excited about Rene Montoya. Um, oh, not yeah, only, God, not yes. only because, like, as always, I'm like, who, who's her ship gonna be? Is it gonna Is be Ryan Sophie? and Renee? Is it, it Ryan? And Renee? <laughs> I can't wait to find out. But aside from that, <laughs> aside from that, I do think that it, it's a sign that we're gonna get to more of the GCPD for real instead of the crows, right? Obviously, because Jacob was like shutting down the crows or whatever. So now we're gonna get to see like what the actual law enforcement in Gotham is like, which is not an angle that we really tackled yet because we've too, been too busy with the private security of Gotham. So uh, now that things are back to like whatever status quo that we've never seen before in Gotham, they'll be interesting and how Renee plays into that and what her relationship to uh, the Batwoman, the Bat-Signal is gonna be, right? And And also, cause we no longer have Jacob. So we no longer have a kind of like Gordon equivalent. Now, presumably that will be Renee. And what does that dynamic look like when it's a woman? So there you go. That would be my addition. <laughs> now for the, uh, oh, wait, do we have any feedback? Did anyone say anything about that woman this season? Or were they like, no, we already said everything. So we, could talk <laughs> <to speak. laughs> we already said all the thoughts we have to say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cause we already done that all season, but this is the recap. So, um, and now for a big surprise, <laughs> a twist of fate, who do you think <laughs> was the lady with gumption of the season? Gumption in all its forms, right? As long as it means yeah. most proactive, yeah. most ambitiously brave, et cetera, words that you could summon for gumption.
2: <laughs> I I have to give it to Ryan. What? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, surprisingly, so right? like who knew? Like this underdog, who knew that that was gonna happen? But I thought long and hard about that, and I was like, well, maybe I can pick somebody that's different, that's not so obvious, but I can't, because right I mean she she went from you know I am on parole to uh saving all of Gotham so I I don't like I don't like to put on that suit do all these things um convince Luke and Mary of all people that you know she is worthy of being Batwoman because I know how much they care for Kate um Mm -hmm and it like the way that she was able to like win them over and by the end like you really felt like they were a little family um mm-hmm. ryan but run her up to sophie for figuring it out yes yes <laughs>
3: I thought about Sophie. Obviously, the obvious choice is Ryan. Um, yeah. But yeah. Sophie for <laughs> kind of like divorcing divorcing from the crows, yeah, say,
1: the non Ryan LWG. Right? You yeah. have Ryan, and then you have the non Ryan, the honor- honorable mention. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Sophie. Sure. <laughs> Didn't yes Sophie is
3: like divorcing the crows that was her identity for a long time she was very you know this is right and this is what's going to happen and now she's kind of like floating and trying to figure things out which is very very human and I'm just very proud of her <laughs> so yeah honorary mention to Sophie but yeah, Brian kicked ass in general not just physically but like she had a great emotional storyline she got to do so much And kind of endeared herself to the characters and to the audience at the same time, which is no easy feat. And I think that she just did a great job overall in kind of embedding herself into the show and being such a moral compass as well as someone who's willing to fight for, you know, the community in a way that Kate can't. Um, So, yeah, kudos to Ryan for all the things.
0: Yes. I will, we will round robin this and with, this, with the <laughs> same answers, but yeah, I, I think, you know, just Ryan for where she was able to come from and she felt like a true underdog and I, you, like you want to root for her and the things that she was fighting for, um, you know, not just escaping the community, but giving back to the community so that everybody can, you know, have a better tomorrow. Um, and that's one of the things like I went on a roller coaster with like the whole Ryan and Angelique ship um, to ship or not to ship. But I th- I think that at the end, I really liked that Ryan was able to save Angelique from the system because I was at one point I was like, girl, just let her go. <laughs> <laughs> she wants to yeah. be, make the mistake, let her make them. But I do like that it ended in a place where, mm-hmm. you know, they both got out. Um, and so I think that that was, you know, that's kind of like Ryan's, um, character, you know, motivation that she doesn't only want to make things better for herself, but for everybody else. And so obviously like she would be the lady of gumption of the season. Um, I think y'all made some good points for Sophie as an honorable mention. So I'll bring up, we didn't really talk about the villains a lot, but I think Sophia was just like really interesting mm-hmm. as a villain. And it was kind of, um, Because season one, where we got, like, Alice's backstory with the Caterpillar and and Mouse, you kind of thought, like, I still thought there was, like, a a gap. Like, how did she get from that still to Alice? And then we kind of filled in that gap in season two with Sophia and how um, (laughs) just being petty, (laughs) she just, like, (laughs) gave them both amnesia and then brainwashed Alice into, more into the Alice that we knew from like from the start in season one like she even took her like over the top um and sent her off on this kind of spiral which is you know really kind of shows the power that she has and um she were not necessarily finished with her either because she's just like knocked out in the back of like alice's car somewhere
2: um <laughs>
0: but i thought <laughs> i thought that that was like a you know introducing Coriana and introducing her as a villain i thought it, it added some. Different and new layers. So I thought she she had some gumption. Um, I still think it's it's like Ryan and Sophie in terms of like the ranking. But I just wanted to throw that out there, (laughs) give her some shine.
3: Yes, (laughs) honorable mention number two. Yes,
1: I don't have anyone else to add. I think that everyone else would be on like a you know far lower rung than those two slash three. Like it'd be like (laughs) those like the first three rungs, and then we've just got like blank space.
0: you know, Sophia has the bronze, and so yes, anything the, bronze is club, exactly. <laughs> the bronze
1: medal. <laughs> so, um, that is excellent, most excellent. Um, do, we, do we have any final thoughts before we close this chapter and say farewell to our new friend Stephanie? Uh,
2: I think my closing thought is, um, don't count the CW out. Uh, really <laughs> 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 Like, they can do really, really great things. And um, I just hope we get more of this. Like, I hope um, if someone is writing a character who is taking over, like, a a legacy situation, a mantle, and was previously held by a white person, and now it's a person of color, that, you know, more thought goes into what that looks like, because Mm -hmm. it changes everything. Um, And I just feel like if you're able to at least consider that and, you know kind of shape and mold the story from that character's vantage point then good things should happen because batwoman season two proved that all the way i went back to watch season one because i hadn't watched it um so so i was a season -er (laughs) 2 i went back to season one and that just made me more in awe of what they were able to accomplish i i don't know maybe because i'm on the i don't know like i'm trying to like put together a story too where Nubia is taking over as queen of the Amazons which Mm -hmm. she may take by Hippolyta when I think about that her and the way that she rules was going to be completely different even though they're Amazons and race doesn't necessarily work in the same way that it does in uh, man's world Mm -hmm. you've been in man's world so that would Mm -hmm. have some effect so um, I don't know like them just kind of showing folks like yo we can do three great things with legacy characters and we switch, like, just, you know, take a look and open your mind a little bit. Um, I know, I feel like I'm standing for this room, but, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I don't know, like, to have an actor leave abruptly like that and then take the the casting, um, I mean, to decide to take the character where they did and cast a Black woman and then to have other Black women around her, too, like, you know, mm-hmm. for them to talk and figure things out, I, um, I don't know, like, I I guess I'm just still in awe. Maybe I'll watch it again and feel very differently. Who knows? I doubt it, but I'm just, I'm in awe. I mean, so I think you got the right understand. impression.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I, yeah, I can sure. understand <laughs> Yeah, I, I completely agree, and I think, I think it really speaks to, as well, um, not just, like, having the showrunner, but, like, the we know for a fact that, like, the Batwoman writer's room is more diverse, mm-hmm. and I think that helps a lot because you know, if you're going to have, like, you said, a black woman in this role, the experience is going to be different, certain characteristics are going to be different, the way that she grew up is going to be different. So, having that is really, really important to kind of paint this world view for the audience, and I think that they did a tremendous job with it. It is really hard to <laughs> Just, I'm so glad they did not recast Kate, I think, like in hindsight. I'm so glad they did not do that and that they started fresh mm-hmm. because they could actually do what they want. And there's no expectation of what they were going to do. And I think because, too, I mean, people were checking for Batwoman before. But I think because, like you said, it was on the CW, I think it sort of flew under the radar versus, like, if this was a, a movie or, I don't know, an HBO, HBO Max show maybe there would have been a lot more pressure to deliver on certain things um but i'm glad that the writers got to have a little bit of freedom in terms of crafting this story without the restraints of you know having a new kate kane or you know comic book a previous comic book character that had to step into this role so yeah i was just a great job it's something that was unprecedented and I think they really ran with it and they did something that a lot of shows have not done with any character leaving or recasting or what have you
0: and I think it's like in sophomore season is usually like the slump where you're like oh season one was so great and then you get to sophomore season but I feel like in this case it's reversed like
2: mm-hmm.
0: season two it got better um mm-hmm. and it got better in the midst of the show like blowing itself up and starting over again all well, right um, so, so it's so, kind
1: of like another season one yeah it was like it's like <laughs> so we're gonna season find one. out next season oh, if we I have a so. sophomore as i long. guess so <laughs> um
0: but yeah i definitely agree with with what you guys have to say about season two and i like that um you know not only that the writers are more diverse but i think they also talk to their cast like gbc uh, um mentioned times where they've talked to her about, like, her character and how she how would you want to handle this, and Cameras has as well, especially, like, in his um, episode where he got shot, and there's a lot of, like, communication. The cast seems to be really tight-knit, um, so those are all good recipes for people feeling taken care of and really, like, loving their show, so...
1: i don't really have anything to add other than just i commend that woman for having taken this plunge you know taken on that adventure in the first place because they didn't have to they could have just recast Mm -hmm. kate came wallace was
0: available like she was available
1: from the start she (laughs) had everything going on so. (laughs) (laughs) so if they had wanted to they could have just kept on going but instead they took it as a challenge and they you know decided to sort of like uh, re-examine their same world through a different lens, and I think that it has uh, been very beneficial for the show and for much of the audience too. Like many people watching, will have learned something new. So and a lot of good. a lot of people
3: started watching that one because of Javicia's casting. Mm-hmm. So right. that's I, it
1: was me. Great too. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm people. I'm people. <laughs> I'm people. <laughs> um, so yes, we are very excited for season three, and cannot wait to see what. The show brings, what uh Ryan's expanded world will bring, and whether or not we'll get to see Poison Ivy and Catwoman. So <laughs> fingers crossed, <laughs> stay tuned. In the meantime, you can come back and check us out at ladies w. Gumption, at Twitter, not at Twitter, what am I saying? <laughs> at gmail.com <laughs> or <laughs> dot com at dctvgumption on Twitter, and obviously ladies with gumption wherever podcasts are found. Thank you all. Do you want to drop your socials? (laughs)
2: Yes,
1: sure. (laughs) And and tell us when, you know,
0: Amazon the Nubia is coming out.
2: October, right? Yes, October 5th. Um, Nubia and Amazon's will be out. So it's a mini series with six uh, issues. But for anybody that might feel a way about that, you know, I'm I'm not saying that it's the end. But I'm also, yeah, so just, you know, patient. Um, and then also, um, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and now TikTok, because I, for whatever strange reason, decided to go over there. <laughs> um, <laughs> Gave in. Yes, I did. But you can follow me at Steph underscore I underscore Will on all three. Why that is my ad, I don't know. I didn't know that my social media app was going to be a thing that I had to, like, for job purposes. So that was not well thought out.
3: i I actually like it i thought it was clever
2: (laughs) thank you i thought i was being clever um at 22 so i was like yeah this is cute
1: (laughs) (laughs) thank you all (laughs) and good night morning afternoon whatever your time of day is
3: (laughs) bye everybody (laughs) bye
1: (laughs) bye